On May 25, 2020, the killing of George Floyd ignited a worldwide conversation that has long been overdue. The systemic and institutional racism in this country is a very real and serious topic, and regardless of your political views, this is a human rights issue. The following program, brought to you by the Lightbulb Podcast, is part one of a two-part feature on this heavy topic. Titled From Every Quarter, Black Lives at Andover, this episode includes the unfiltered opinions and questioning from Andover's very own student body. We have, on numerous occasions, contacted the faculty of Andover with no response. Nonetheless, the episode will contain statements from Andover students Fred Javier, 23, Adeza Izwebanam, class of 20, and Victoria Ortiz, class of 23, as well as narration and commentary from Luke Saruma of the Lightbulb Crew. On June 1st, then interim head of school, Jim Ventry, sent out a letter via email to the entire Andover community, entitled Change for the Greater Good. That expressed the school's acknowledgement towards the horrific acts of systemic racism in America and the institution's stand for social justice. On June 17th, Mr. Ventry sent a letter from the Board of Trustees to the student body, parents, and alumni detailing Andover's plans to combat systemic racism on campus. The following are student responses by Fred, Adeza, and Victoria. I did not really like the letter. I like read it. At first it was kind of like complicated. I had to like read it a few times. But then by the time I had like fully understood with everything that they were saying, I didn't really like I it wasn't like it wasn't like enough of a response. Nor was it like a, a good response cuz they were like, "Oh yeah, we are suffering. We are suffering too. We feel your pain." But they really don't. And like it they can't they can't claim that they feel our pain and then like just sit there and do nothing, you know? Like they will like they will say, Yeah, we feel pain too, like these are hard times and then but they don't do anything about it. If they felt our pain then they would, you know, do the same they would like actually take action. Which is kind of like a lot of like fancy words, you know, trying to like cover like the stuff that they're not doing in terms of the trustees responses and like the administration's responses not necessarily that they're troubling per se but it still has that energy of catering to the white man or in terms of like we can't be too radical with what it is we're putting out there because um, that'll make us look bad or that'll make us look too um lefty or liberal or when you you can't please everybody like it's just not possible so i think you need to pick one and like who is it you are trying to help right now because if we're too focused on well oh my goodness like we're gonna upset like the donor i mean i'm not too that's what they're saying i'm just thinking about like <laughs> the people that I, um but if we're too focused on like trying to appease the people that already don't care about black students like why are we wasting their time nothing no matter how kindly we say it nothing's gonna make them like suddenly jump ship you know the fact that they were like a lot of the things that they said they said were basically just patting themselves on the back and saying that they were already doing like they were already doing something to like in those like effort in to like put effort into that they basically already said oh yeah this is what we've been doing and this is like this is the effect we've already done but they they failed to mention like what new things they would say and how they would change those like old plans to actually like fit the situation now. Most of their points were just like, yeah, don't worry guys, we've, we've been doing stuff. We, we've 
done stuff in the past this was like 10 years ago and it hasn't done anything since but i promise you it will do something now they were like talking about reenacting like their 2004 plan it's like if it didn't work in 2004 up until now do you really think it's gonna work again like i Basically, they're saying, but yeah, we are ready to have conversations. We're planning to make plans to have plans, you know, to make more plans to fix these. They're basically saying, yeah, we have plans to make plans. It's such different circumstances. It's like this, like this is almost two decades apart. And like you think that like the whatever you tried doing in 2004 is going to work in a completely different time period. Like I get like, you know, history has been repeating for like forever. But at the same time, like, it's gotten much worse. Um, and, like, they're just not, you know, they're being really silent about it. And, like, even, like all of this has felt like it's been going on forever. Like, all of the George Floyd and, like, every, like, all the protesting. But it's only been a few weeks. But, like, at the same time, it's taken them two weeks to give, like, a full response. When other, like, places have maybe, like, responded within the next day, you know. It's just, like, they're not... It's really not cutting it right now, what they're doing. But in terms of like being unable to call out anti-black racism for what it is, like we're gonna do a lot of like, oh my goodness, the tragic deaths of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, when it's like, no, these were like racialized murders. Like these were lynched, like, the, you know, we, we can't like waste, like language matters a lot. Um, and you know when we're hesitant to like call it for what it is and like actively denounce it we're we're not looking at the real problem um and we're not being clear about like where it is we as an institution stand which allows for that ambiguity which allows like it to be misconstrued and like it just it, it's not like sure there's this standing of support but like is there really when you still can't like actively call out what is hurting us um and then while we're there <laughs> um when i was reading the trustees like letter there you know we've, we've seen a lot of like we see you we hear you and when i'm tired i'm tired <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> oh my god because it's, it's actively like i i'm like just like why but like no you don't because if you did we would not be here right now. <laughs> and then what What killed me, what killed me in the trustees was right after that, they said, we are suffering with you. And I quote, and I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing the audio so no one can like see the absurd look on my, like of confusion on my face right now. <laughs> I was just like, but, I was like, you should have, you should have just stuck with this. We see you, we hear you, because then you realize it's not you that's hap that it's happening to. At least there, you acknowledge like, wow, that sucks, you know. But to say like, yeah, it's hurting us too. No, it's not, baby girl. Like, I or at least like not in the same way. It is, you know, like black people. They they definitely tried, but it, it definitely wasn't enough. Comparing to these messages from the administration, students jumped into action. Spearheading these efforts was a desert is way on, class of 2020, who co-wrote a June 4th petition titled, Calling on Phillips Academy and Phillips Exeter Academy to Take Tangible Action. That has since amassed over 2,400 signatures. The petition had honestly, so it had come about of like, it honestly started as a joke, not the petition itself, but more so the fact that on my Instagram, I don't, we can get into like how I came up with this, but like, 
long story short, at some point I was like, hey guys, like um, this is after sort of Andover and Exeter, both schools, like their main Instagram accounts that put up the black square on Blackout Tuesday, June 2nd. Um, and everyone was like, what the heck is this? What the heck is this? Where, where, where are these billion dollars, you know? Um, and I was like, cause everyone was commenting like exactly that, you know, open your purse, like put your money where your mouth is. Um, I want to see the chat, like the receipts, you know? And um, I I was like, hey, Andover students and like Exeter students, like we didn't have AE this year, you know, blah, blah. Like let's just, instead of like wasting our energy in our own schools, because I feel like if they listen to us, like we wouldn't be here right now. Like, can we put, use the same energy on like both of, on um, our respective schools um, or like us to Exeter, Exeter students to us. Um, and so then Sophie Glazer had reached out to me like, oh, you know, and she, she's one of the board members of AWARE and that's how the petition had started. We were writing the petition. Uh, I'd wanted to use quotes directly from the emails that, um, you know, Ventry had sent to us or at least on behalf of the Academy and also Exeter's president, Principal Rawson, because I was like, ah, oh, let's use that words against them, right? And like, I had been given a copy of um, Principal Rawson's words and like, I was unable to find anything of substance to quote. Like I, I, ha I, I reached, you know, and even then I had to like pick a portion of something and then like, it, it just, I was just like, why is there nothing in here to use? Um, I don't know, maybe for exactly that, so I couldn't use their own words against them because you can't use their own words against them if there's nothing in them. Following Adez's petition and the letter from the Board of Trustees, the Andover community was welcomed to a series of programming on issues of race, diversity, and inclusion that included a June 5th virtual visual and a two-part Zoom forum, the second installment of which was held on June 29th. Facilitated by Shahinda Banese, Abigail Dickham, Aaron Aguekwe, and Henrique Shimon, the June 29th all-school forum aimed at extending conversations of systemic racism on school campus, discussing actions that Andover intends to pursue to combat those problems, and answering questions submitted by students in a survey. At the beginning of the forum, Shahinda described it as an opportunity to listen but also commit to action, stating that the discussion will obviously move forward throughout the summer and years to come. In the forum, former head of school Jim Ventry urged the Andover community to elevate black voices ask challenging questions about what whiteness means, and consider how we're working to take responsibility for dismantling systemic and institutionalized racism, and later moving on to discuss topics including possible changes to the school curriculum, as well as the idea of renaming select school buildings such as George Washington Hall. However, despite the school's best efforts at answering the students' questions and facilitating discussion on racial equality, some students felt that it contributed little to combating institutional racism. And I was at the the forum, and I I guess I had a couple of issues with that. Like you know, some of them had some of the comments in Black and Indigenous stories had been sitting along lines of like, oh, you know, what was I expecting? <laughs> and I <laughs> I was honestly thinking the same thing. And honestly, like, granted, I knew I wasn't going to gain anything from that forum that I didn't already know. Um, really, I only wanted to go to see how many white students or like how many non-IPOC students were there because there had been one 
um, maybe a week and a half or so, or like a couple weeks prior um, of forum specifically for my POC. And that was more of like this Zoom call where we could all see each other. Um, we all knew who was there. We were all like speaking to everyone that was there. Um, and with that, for whatever reason, I just didn't read the part in the email where it was like, this is for my POC. So when I was in that form, I was like, where are all the white students? Like, like those of us that are like we this is our life like we this is us every day like why are we just selling this to each other again you know um and then i, I then i was like wait there's no way that like no one would have shown up like there's got to be and then i found out it was for by poc specifically but you know that was why i was like for this for the one that's the whole school i really wanted to see um like the names of people that would show up because like to me it's it's not like if if we could get what we wanted like if if racial justice you know at um at the academy scale or on like a global scale could be done with just the people that are being oppressed speaking up for themselves we wouldn't have a problem anymore <laughs> but like the whole point is that it cannot be done with just us therefore like I don't know. So being unable to see with it just being a webinar, I'm like, I'm not gonna gain anything and and I can't see who else is here. So like, um, and I don't know. I think also part of the problem with it being a webinar, sort of like a live webinar, is that like, I mean, I guess it's nice that it's live and whatnot, but I'm also like, I know for a fact that like if they don't have the questions beforehand, they're not gonna be able to give us the answers that we want or like a clear answer that's not gonna just be referring to what they've already said. Um, I also didn't like the whole school forum. Um, I mainly because, mainly because like when they were answering like the questions, it seemed, um, like they were kind of like trying to stretch it out, you know, like they were trying to stretch out like how how much they like their answers, so that they could like meet the time limit, so that they wouldn't have to answer more questions. That's kind of what I got from it kept stretching the questions and even like then like the, the the answers they gave for as much as they talked didn't really answer some of the questions and like I, some of the uh, like some of the answers like for example the one where it was about um like why the school was trying to why they removed the tags from the black at andover post um that i did like that answer wasn't really like satisfactory i guess and it was it didn't really like answer the question or it wasn't like a good reason they have um since they have the like the ethics point thing like the website where you could like submit stuff they were they based i think mr ventry said that like the school has like had already like had a rule or something where they wouldn't have like anonymous like social media post calling out these things which is like oddly specific but like alas um i think they were like yeah we didn't remove because it was like it was like unnecessary to have like to have it um the like the social media post like anonymous post when there's already like a website for it to feelings of disenfranchisement. Many university students turn to social media platforms as an outlet to express their concerns with Phillips Academy's actions. I think that like this like social media presence is definitely important because people are on social media a lot and it's good to like it's a definitely like the, one of the best ways to like spread information. So if you have there's like petitions or something 
or if there is like some like a cause people need to learn about um social media is like the most like readily available way for people and i think if you're like like on instagram if you're posting stuff on stories like people spend a lot of time going through stories so they're going to spend a lot of time seeing those like resources and stuff so i think um posting on social media is definitely important because that's like the best way to like reach people and it's definitely not like the only thing you should do i don't think that only like posting on social media is enough but it's definitely like very helpful if you're like posting petitions and like posting more information i think that like it kind of goes a lot of different ways for people um so like what i found myself doing is like reposting a lot of resources and like i've gotten like different like accessories like jewelry and stuff um where like the money goes to like different like bail funds and things like that um as well as just like reposting different resources which like i said but like um and like signing petitions and things like that and for like other people it'll be like making like straight donations or like writing full like lessons kind of like about these things whatever can like just be really helpful you know as long as you're not just like posting something like logging off of like instagram and like calling it like done for the day it's kind of been conflicting for me because like at least in my opinion like if you were the type of person that doesn't use social media i feel like this should be the time where you do because i feel like for a lot of people yeah. like their reasoning for not using it is like oh like it's very like superficial and stuff um but like we'll have like a decent like following you know of like people that will read their posts especially because like they're not active so like when people are not active and they like post you're like gonna want to look at it um and so like i think even like it might seem performative in some aspects but like even if you can just post something you know to like show the support and then like of course fine log off but like keep doing like the educating like on your own side or like advocate right, outside yeah. they go to protest the if you can you know so like i understand like there are like activism manifests in so many different ways and like social media is just the convenient way since like the majority of us are in quarantine um but like it's a very like easy thing to do you have to tap an icon on your phone and then like press the like little airplane thing and like press add to your story <laughs> and then like upload it like it takes literally 30 seconds um i right. mean more if you actually read the post which like hopefully people are um before they upload but i mean yeah i guess to a certain degree like i understand but like it's so simple that like even one thing like just showing the support is more than enough like i got really scared like the first um like thing that i posted on my story like a while ago about like with the screenshots of their letter they viewed my story because i tagged them in it and they were like the first viewer and i was like oh <laughs> this is great like i mean obviously like it's good they're seeing it but like I can only be like, oh, like, they better see this, you know, and, like, put on, like, this kind of, like, very strong, courageous front for so long. But, like, in the back of my mind, yeah. I'm like, I'm putting so much on the line by, like, even tagging them. Um, yeah. And it's also, like, their Phillips Academy Instagram is active. People are watching stories. Like, who knows? Like, they probably are, like, most definitely seeing the Black at Andover post maybe not watching the stories because they would have been called out for that already if they were watching the stories and not saying anything. I think the reason why they took to social media 
wasn't because wasn't because they wanted to like put those complaints and like tell the school to fix them through social media it was more so telling like everybody else that these are this is the reality and like a like a predominantly white institution that is so like seen for like diversity and stuff like this is what it's actually like and this is what people experience i got like a couple of um board positions that like like under cam d that like have to do with these things like afadam and out of the blue are like two organizations that like definitely like come to my mind when i think about all this stuff especially out of the blue um and like the social justice kind of area of it and then afadam because like these are the communities being affected by these issues um and so like i really just want to like now i've like accepted the fact that going back to end over this fall or like whenever we do it's not going to be the same way that we left it um and like i want to use like those positions as like ways to kind of like talk more about this stuff because it's obviously not being talked about enough and you know like being on campus adds like that physical like something has to be done factor to it which like we really need right now and obviously like we don't have that so it'll it'll be a while until stuff actually happens you know but once we're back on campus hopefully something happens Andover students have conducted this passionate activism with one goal in mind, to see Andover take action. What like they should be more focused on is not even like changing the curriculum at this point, but like their first step should be like holding these people accountable or even like mentioning like the Black at Andover Instagram page, which they like very vaguely reference by just like mentioning social media. And it's like the least you can do is like, you know, fire faculty like if you need to like there's there's names in these posts like you know like who to like who to go for i mean obviously it's not just gonna happen like overnight but like that should be like a first step and like adding like speakers and like increasing like curriculum in that area like not even just in like ebi but just like classes in general i don't know if anyone can ever be really doing enough because we're all sort of starting like two centuries late you know um, <laughs> I really wanted to, um, like, in all honesty, like, sort of any institution, I mean, I, while I loved my time at the academy, I mean, I loved moments at the academy, I think, like, just the fact that, like, an institution like that can exist that gives, like, certain people so many advantages when it comes to just sort of existing in this world, I think that in and of itself is an injustice. You don't want, like, students, like, thinking this is, like, a perfect place and everything. Like, it really just, you don't want it, because then uh, you're going to, like, traumatize them. That's, like, that's what you're going to do. So, like, be at least be honest and, like, tell them the truth. Like, at that point, like, it shows how much do you, like, really care about the students. Like, do you care more about them or do you care more about, like, your, like, your reputation as a school that's so, like, inclusive and all? Despite all the input and the activism by the students, ultimately, it's up to the school to decide how they're going to combat racism on campus. Since the school has taken a few steps, they have still left much to be desired. And ultimately, how much they change is, is really up to how much they're willing to change. At the moment, it feels like what they've done so far is more for themselves, for to save face, because they have been sustaining some, you could say, attacks on the reputation. And because people are coming out and they're telling the truth. Because as Fred said, this isn't really about selling your PA's name as much as it is 
letting people know that this is a possibility because you know for someone who doesn't know what they're getting walking into experiencing some something like that would be traumatic i also feel like if it weren't for these students who decided to voice out i don't think the school is doing anything i think they would just i think they'd be perfectly content to let it go while it's on the school to do stuff they can do all they want but ultimately it's also up to the people in the school to like the students to be open-minded enough to listen to the different anti-racist teachings and be open-minded i'd like to thank uh fred adesa victoria for giving us their time and giving us their great insight and um thank you for listening stay tuned and look out for part two of this two-part feature on systemic and institutional racism in america which includes an interview with eileen huang a student at yale discussing her take on the asian american response to the black lives matter movement as always, please follow us on Instagram at the Lightbulb Podcast for updates on new releases.